Well, it was the summer of 2012. My good friend Martha Curry, who's head of world missions for the Diocese of West Texas, was putting together a team to go to Uganda and teach at two women's conferences. One at, a, um, at Nevi Diocese, which this diocese had a long and wonderful relationship for many years, and also with the Monero Katara Diocese. And so I, I wasn't really sure about doing this. You know, I'd never been to Africa. I'd been on other mission trips to Russia and to South America, to, to Mexico, but Africa seemed like something so different from my imagination. I didn't know what to expect. To say I was a little bit fearful, you, maybe. But then Martha was supposed to lead the team and I thought, okay, I can do this. With God's help and Martha, I can do anything. So off we went, except we went without Martha. She ended up having surgery just before we were supposed to go, and she didn't go with us. And so I went with the women on the team, and me being not only the only man, but also the clergy, I knew that in Africa, they would expect me to be the one who would be the leader. Oh dear. So we went. And we did our conferences and enjoyed the wonderful music and the singing and and drumming and the prayers of these amazing women that even today continue to bless us through the Threads of Blessing ministry as they make exquisite tapestries and artwork. And so we finished the conference in Nebi, then drove through Murchison uh, National Park, which has all the wild animals and giraffes and elephants and rhinoceros. No, no, I didn't say a rhinoceros. Um, hippopotami. And, and crocodiles and all kinds of birds and antelope and Cape buffalo. It's beautiful, but we had to go through that wild animal park to get to our next place. What a terrible sacrifice that was, but we enjoyed it. And we got to our next place, which is in Hoima, and we're driving into the compound where we were supposed to meet with the bishop. And I saw these kids standing on a veranda. They had white shirts, red bow ties, black slacks, and they're holding band instruments. Now you need to know, I'm not just a music junkie, but I'm particularly a band junkie. And I've played in bands almost all my life, since I was in the seventh grade. How many years ago was that? 50 years? Well, anyway, 60 years. Oh, it sneaks up on you, trust me. And so here we, here we were driving into the compound, and, and I said to our driver, Fred, let me off here. I want to see what these kids are doing. And so I got out. They went on to see the bishop. And I walked up, and, and their director, a man named Felix Kasumba, I explained to him who I was, and I wanted to know about their band. And so he told me that they play for weddings and funerals and in church, and that they're the Bonero Katara Diocese Brass Band. And he had them play a song for me. And I recorded all this. And they played really sweetly. But I'm looking at their instruments and they're going, I'm going, those things are so beat up, I don't see how they can get any sound out of them at all. And so I thanked them and I left thinking, what can we do to help these kids? How can we show these kids that we love and appreciate them and what they're doing here? And so my initial thought was, well, we'll collect old used band instruments and send them over with mission teams. Our, our last stop was at Namurubi Diocese where we stayed in the guest house at the cathedral. 
And I'm walking around the beautiful cathedral grounds, and I hear these drummers down the hill, and they're practicing. So I'm just standing there watching, and one of the boys breaks off and starts running towards me. And he gets close, and he says, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were someone else. I said, well, tell me about your drummers. And he said, we're the Mango Boys and Girls Brigade Brass Band drummers. I said, you have a band here? Absolutely, we're Boys Brigade and Girls Brigade Band. And I said, wow. So he said, do you play? I said, yes, I do. And I asked him, what do you play? He said, trumpet. So do I. So he took me to their band room, their storage room, pulled off two beat-up trumpets off nails, and I couldn't even play the first one, it was so bad, but we found one that I could play. We played duets for half an hour, and then uh, I had to go, and as we're leaving, he says, this is in Africa, remember, a very strange place to me. And he says, can I be your friend on Facebook? <laughs> and so I said, sure, why not? And so I went back with my new friend Isaac on Facebook, and I got back, and I'm still praying about how can we help these kids. And I talked to my friend Richard Wallace, who's a retired band director, and he and I play in two, two bands together. And, and I said, Richard, what do you think about maybe doing some kind of a band camp for these kids? And he got really excited. And so we put together uh, a plan to go the next summer and do a band camp for the two dioceses. And so when we went the next year, it was kind of like, wow, this is the neatest thing I've ever done in my life. And these kids are so appreciative. And we were amazed at how quickly they learned. Richard taught kids who'd never read a, a note of music how to read music in three days. Uh, we were told, whatever you can do to help them, please do, because they're, they hurt to listen to. Um, and so we taught them how to play in tune, how to listen to each other. Richard says, if you can't hear the tuba, you're playing too loud. And so we were able to see tremendous strides that first year. And so we kept coming back. And so up until this year, this is the first time, this would have been my, my uh, ninth trip to Uganda, our eighth trip with the abandoned Bible mission, and it was canceled. And we were all just crushed because... We were all looking forward to it. Us, Richard, me, and, and Bobby, our, our percussionist. And so on the other end, they were even more crushed because they looked forward to those days with us every summer. They looked forward to being a part of uh, learning something and, and practicing their skills and getting better. And it was such a disappointment. And so... As we're commiserating over WhatsApp, uh, one of the boys says, would you be willing to do a, a, a Zoom session with us doing a Bible study? And so off we went, doing Zoom with kids halfway around the world and, and learning the Bible together, but most importantly, sharing together. How, how are you doing? How is this lockdown treating you? Are you surviving okay? Do you have any needs we need to pray about? How can I help you? And so we continue to show our love and care for these kids, even though we're separated from them. 
Yes, I've sent them money for food. Yes, I even sent uh, Isaac money for rent. But, you know, they have nothing. And because they're locked down, those who would earn their daily bread, they don't have any way of earning anything either. And so many are starving, many are hurting. And I can't help them all, but I can help my friends. Now, our lesson today, Paul has a lot to say about love. Actually, the, the Bible has a lot to say about love. And he loves to make lists. Have you ever noticed that about Paul? He makes lists, all kinds of lists. He has another list about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is the love chapter that we usually read at weddings and helping the couple understand that love is, love is not a feeling you feel when you feel a feeling you never felt before. Rather, it's expressed in commitment. And that's that word agape that we find here, the Greek word agape, which is a reference to God's covenant-keeping love, his commitment to you and me to love us. And as, he, as we work out that relationship with him and he expresses his love for us, we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. Love God, love neighbor. Two basic commandments. Do those two, Jesus said, you got it all covered. And so you can go through this list and... Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 9. Your love can't be pretend. People are going to see through it. If you're pretending to love someone, they're going to know you're a hypocrite. You don't really mean it. It's just something that you can't hide very well if you're faking your love. So you can't fake it. Abhor evil? Of course. Cling to what is good? Absolutely. Be devoted to one another. I love this church because I've seen us being devoted to one another in a way during this lockdown and during this time of COVID that has really helped surface a, a commitment to each other that's always been there, but has, has been fully revealed as we are reaching out to one another with that kind of love that St. Paul wants us to. And so he says, be devoted to one another. Um, showing eagerness and honoring one another do not lag in zeal, be enthusiastic in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, endure in suffering, persist in prayer. So how can we show love? It's, it's certainly through kindness, certainly through listening, it's certainly through acts of service, it's certainly through giving gifts, but our love is demonstrated in how we treat one another and look to the best interests of the ones who we are in relationship with, the ones that God puts in our path. How should we respond to the rage around us today? I'm, I'm heartsick at seeing the cities in riots and places being set fire, so much destruction. Jesus said the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So we see the thief's handiwork all around us and in the news every day. But Jesus said, I have something better. And so how can we represent that something better to the people who are so hurting around us, those who may have suffered from racism and injustice? How do we show the love of Christ to people who are so hurting that they would rage in the streets and burn businesses down and even hurt each other? How do we show love for them? That's a big question that I have. 
Early on in this, there was a demonstration in San Antonio. And after the demonstration, people went downtown to clean it up. I was so impressed by that. We haven't had any big demonstrations since. I don't know why. But maybe it's because we are praying for the city. And we are committed to each other in community, the fellowship of churches and the fellowship of citizens of this community. But we need to be praying for other communities that are not so blessed. So what can we do? And what risk would you take to show the love of Jesus? Would you walk into a mob and proclaim Christ's love? Apparently that has happened. And people have walked out, maybe hit with rotten eggs and silly string, but they've walked out. Maybe we need to do more of that. Proclaim the love of Christ to hurting people. Not just proclaim it, but to demonstrate it. Amen.